Welcome back to Marvel Maniac, an MCU after show. This is Eric Cicada, your host, a.k.a. Mr. Honest. Uh, It is great to be back here with you today for a very special episode. We are here to cover the very first entry into the MCU. Yes, Iron Man, as you see by the title of the episode, (laughs) that it is Iron Man. Um, My favorite movie uh, for a very long time maybe even to this day it is hard to argue there have been a lot of really good marvel movies um and it's very hard to pick a favorite and i'm not going to get into that right now this is a very good movie and it is my honor to be covering it here on marvel maniac and when i came up with the idea of what i'm going to do between now and loki um and i thought of doing these it didn't really hit me until like the last few days like how awesome it is to be covering iron man on this show what a pleasure what a pleasure and any of you who are here to just listen uh thank you for being here so let's just talk real quick about what like are you here for the first time like oh my gosh let's let's listen to an after show for iron man i'm watching iron man for the first time um i don't think this is going to be the podcast for you we're marvel maniacs and I've seen this movie like 10 times. Um, I think most of the people here who are subscribers of the show most likely have too. So we're kind of rehashing the movie today. Um, and I'm not trying to put anyone off. I'm not trying to um, hold back followers. I'm just being honest. Um, it's in my name a little bit. Uh, so with that being said, um, yeah, we're going to... Um, spoilers are open up to this point in the MCU. So Falcon and Winter Soldier forward. Um, that's what we are on the podcast. So that's my just firm decision at this point and I hope we can respect that and we're just going to move forward uh, and and let's get into this movie not this episode uh, this is our first Marvel breakdown on this why not be the first movie of this podcast we break down be the first movie in the MCU John Favreau uh, brings it in um, as he always does John Favreau brings us Iron Man the first shot is a wide open desert with a military convoy Back in back, back in black plays. God, yes, we, this is Iron Man. The music, uh, everything. This is all we know to be uh, to become Iron Man. Uh, we are in Afghanistan. Uh, inside one of the Humvees is Tony Stark. Tony clutches his whiskey on the rocks. Uh, three soldiers in the car all eye him very nervously, and you could just tell. Tony has a presence, and he he holds his presence in in this car. They're, they're very nervous around him. Uh, Tony says he feels he feels like they're driving him uh, to a court martial. Uh, the soldier in front says that she intimidates them, and uh, Tony says that he didn't realize that she was a woman, <laughs> but. Um, She's an airman, and uh, he says, heck yeah, you have an excellent bone structure. I'm having a hard time not looking at you. Um, (laughs) And, like, he's kind of, like, flirting with her, but, like, jokingly. Um, And then everyone eases up and laughs, and even she laughs. Uh, But I was even thinking, like, this joke might not have, like, slid today. You know, there's a few things in this movie, like, I, I don't I'm not positive, but, like, I don't think Disney had owned Marvel yet at this point. The Marvel was just making movies, right? So like, <laughs> like there are a couple like off the cuff, pretty, pretty, you know, you know, this. Uh, I don't know about that joke, I talk, but I thought it was funny. Um, okay, so we get some. Uh, also, 
we got a MySpace reference here, folks. Anyone not know what that is? Um, we'll talk about that. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we won't talk too much about that. Uh, the soldier in back asked, to t- yeah, soldier in back asked to take a picture, and Tony says he better not see it on his MySpace page, which is basically like the Facebook of the uh, early two thousands. Um, for anyone who doesn't know. Um, it's not that wasn't that long ago but uh for for anyone born in the, i don't know uh, a couple of years later earlier whatever than me um you might not have heard of it okay uh <laughs> tony is charming from the start we, we see this but he's very cocky and a little bit arrogant and you know to some he might might not have come off that likable but uh you know he, he's he's got it he's got it um the soldier she's taking a picture with throws up a peace sign and uh you know the thing i'm liking about this um me me breaking down this movie is some of these lines are are sticking out to me more um tony's complete flip of perspective uh sure uh sure i love peace uh i'd be out of a job with peace just a complete opposite sarcastic stance from the tony we get at the end of his journey in Endgame, you know. The convoy starts getting riddled by gunfire during this photo. Um, bringing a lighthearted moment to a, tra- a traumatic one. Watching uh, the man Tony was taking the picture with get shot just outside the vehicle. And it's just, yeah, it's hard to watch. From this moment, it's clear, it's completely clear that this movie is more than your average superhero flick it, we we were we're seeing this like from when i when i was seeing this in theaters i was this is when i was like i'm captivated and i'm into it and i'm um i remember being in theaters just knowing this is this is the moment i was like this is a pretty good movie even without it, any superhero stuff i was into it and i usually don't like when movies do the flash forward and then back and back couple days thing usually not a fan of it but this movie does it okay. Uh, Tony stunned, gets out of the vehicle and dodges bullets, and uh, he gets to a rock to make a call on a very of the times phone. But it wasn't of the. At the I remember at the time that phone was still kind of cool and like the coolest phone of that time. Uh, a Stark Industry missile lands next to him. Reminds me very much similar to like Wanda um, when when she was a kid and she saw the the missile land next to her. Um, see, that's what this is why I want to just open up the discussion to all of the MCU, you know, because we just talked about that, you know, on, on WandaVision and, um, Tony getting, I don't know, see, if I don't know if Wanda ever would, would have ever, if Wanda ever would have seen that Tony got that slick justice, like, served right back on a plate to him, and that's how he did become Iron Man, um, if she would have even ever gone that dark um to begin with you know um but like these characters would never even got i don't if they ever even got in a room to sit down and have those conversations this episode's gonna be so long if i go down um every bullet point talk like this um okay (laughs) tony wakes up being held captive in a cave okay iron man um i just want to give this movie the justice it deserves in this conversation points but uh yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna get to the beats (laughs) all right las vegas 36 hours later Uh, at an award ceremony we learn from an early age that tony is like the guy in the um the mega like the announcer over like a montage of like tony's epic pictures and he's like 
looking really cool, like holding his hands out, like doing really. <laughs> we do see this picture of him like later in like Spider-Man: Far From Home. We like see these pictures like all throughout the MCU. There's like pictures of Tony on like magazine covers, and um, we learn that uh, he gained he gained his genius from his father Howard. Now th- we get a couple of recastings in this movie. This is the first other ever MCU movie. We got to be kind of forgiving on some recastings. Uh, this is not the same Howard Stark we get forward uh, in, in the in future casting, but it's okay. It's a good, it's a fine Howard Stark. I'm fine with it. Um, Howard did die in a car accident. Um, yeah, we we know a little bit about that. Um, we don't need to comment on that right now. The pain is still a little bit open. I don't know. Obatiah Stain took over for Howard until Tony could take back over at the age of 21. Tony has been uh, big on making weapons in the meantime. Now, we meet Agent Rhodes. Now, here we go. This is one of the only recasts in the MCU. Now, except for um, Edward Norton as uh, and Mark Ruffalo and, and Hulk. Um, and Okay, so I love Terrence Howard in this movie. I really love Terrence Howard. It doesn't take away from the movie. I, I, it does bother me that we, you know, if we had if we had Don Cheadle in all these movies or Terrence Howard, you know, I love continuity, obviously. But um, Rhodey was to, uh, you know, it doesn't bother me. He, he's great in the movie, and then that's that. Things happen. It's it's how it's Hollywood. You got to let it be. Um, I'm trying not to let it bother me that much. Recast happen, um, and the way they address it in the next movie, as we'll talk about next week on Iron Man Two, um, it's really funny. Uh, Don Cheadle has um, Rhodey his Rhodes accent, exact line that kind of subconsciously addresses it, uh, which is funny. Um, Rhodey was to present Tony the award, but uh, Tony didn't show. Obadiah goes up on stage to get the award for Tony. Uh, the best thing about Tony is the uh, uh, is the worst thing. He's always working. Cut to Tony rolling dice in a casino. <laughs> Rhodey finds Tony and uh, gives him the award and tells him he's unbelievable. Tony asks him to blow the dice. <laughs> Tony walks out with a happy, uh, with happy, who's Favaro. Um, He's just kind of very nonchalantly in this one. He doesn't have a lot of lines. He gets a little bit more and more and more as the MCU goes on. Uh, and he's approached by a reporter. She calls him the Da Vinci of our time and also the Merchant of Death. Tony says, uh, is in an imperfect world, but uh, it is an imperfect world, but it's the only one we've got. Uh, I... Oh, I'm reading the wrong line. I guarantee you the day weapons are no longer needed to keep the peace. I'll start making bricks and beans for baby hospitals. Uh, she says, you rehearsed that much? I like these lines because this is kind of like Tony's current justification of his sales of weapons of destruction to the world. And like he's just living this playboy philanthropist. I can never say the word. And I'm going to like not cut this out because I can never say the word. And I always want to describe Tony as this playboy philanthropist. Philanthropist. <laughs> this is this is my um, guilty, the guiltiest thing in the world. I can't, just can't say the word. Um, you can make fun of me. At, um, MarvelManiacPod at gmail.com. Just tell me how to say it. You can't because you'll just email me the word. I know how it's spelled. <laughs> um <laughs> um, basically, she asked, she asked him if he rehearses, and uh, the reporter says that all she wants is an answer, and Tony says his old man had a philosophy. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. 
that's a great line coming from the guy selling the sticks, says the reporter. Tony points out that his dad worked on the Manhattan Project which and uh, helped defeat the Nazis, which we get to see a little bit in Captain America. Um, Tony argues that he saved millions with medical technology. Um, and uh, did, do you ever lose an hour of sleep at night? And then, <laughs> and then he said, I lose a few with you. And then cut to them getting it on just like instantly. Like, Tony, Tony's got game. Tony's got game. The reporter wakes up in a Malibu, in a Malibu suite. This place is loaded, and anyone in their right mind would would live there in a second if they could. You want this life? You want this? Life. I remember when I, I mean, this movie came out when I was like in high school. I just wanted, I wanted this life. <laughs> so, um, it's good to hear the OG Vision, aka Paul Bettany. But very surreal to know how far he'd go in becoming Vision. But he's just he's just Jarvis now, and uh, it's nice to hear Jarvis and just regular Jarvis. I love it. I haven't seen these movies in a long time. This movie in a long time, actually, have seen it many times, but not a long time. The mansion Tony lives in is just beautiful. It's just beautiful. Um, in Iron Man three, um, you know, I will say spoiler alert. Again, I don't know why I'm gonna keep saying it. We've, I mean, we, we see it obliterated. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll we will most likely break them any of these other movies down in order uh, in the future um, during off period times. Um, so Iron Man three will be probably next up after Avengers. Um, Pepper Potts runs into the reporter. And uh, lets her know that there are car- other cars out. Her cars outside for her. Um, and uh, the reporter said something along the lines of like, "Oh, Tony still got you doing his busy work." And she says, "I do anything Mister Stark requires, including taking out the trash." Oh snap! And when I say snap, I don't. I don't mean no foreshadowing intended. Uh, and that's you know, there's lots of snaps in the future. Tony's working on a car in his lab, along with the help of Jarvis. Uh, Pepper, you know, when I say Jarvis, it's the arm, and later, you know, you kind of learn that the arm is not Jarvis. The arm's kind of its own character, <laughs> so uh, it's not really Jarvis. Uh, Pepper enters and lets him know that he was supposed to be on his flight an hour and a half ago. Pepper and Tony's dynamic is wonderful, and especially in this movie. It's more nonchalant, and uh, I like it a lot in this movie. Uh, it turns out to be Pepper's birthday. Tony said to get her something nice uh, from him. She said she already did. From the beginning, we see Tony and Pepper have a very unique relationship. She's very needed in his life. He depends on her, but she kind of thrives on that, and it really works for them, and it's very sweet. Tony races in a sports car like Doctor Strange, (laughs) but with no ramifications uh, to the plane, (laughs) and Rhodey gives him, um, uh, him it. He gives him problems for being like three hours late, but you know, at one point, uh, yeah, even Brody's like, You don't respect yourself, so why would you respect me? But uh, Tony convinces him to drink and they get completely wasted, um, on the, on the plane. You know, there, there's a, I, I, I'm here from friends and, um, I, I know just from watching a lot of YouTube videos, there's a comic book storyline and there's a lot of comic, you know, story in which Tony is like an alcoholic and, um, they kind of allude to this a lot in this movie tony's got the whiskey in the first shot and uh and then here he's getting drunk with uh Rhodes. but you know we don't really get a lot of that 
in the future um we really kind of get more of that in his ptsd you know with with like his obsessions and i think they would have maybe have gone there I, I just think they were too afraid to go there with disney and all that um i i i i see i see like them they kind of did go there like i said with the ptsd though um big bagram air base in afghanistan tony arrives at the airport and meets some generals uh is it better to be fear or respected i say i'm almost like i'd say is it too much to ask for both he says tony introduces a new weapon to the military i prefer the weapon you only have to fire once that's how dad do it <laughs> that's how dad did it that's how america does it and uh it's worked out pretty well so far find an excuse to let one of these off the chain and i personally guarantee you the bad guys won't even want to come out of their caves um one single rocket breaks into many small rockets and dramatically falls behind him and does this like like really it's it's like this um atomic explosion like it's just like i can't i'm not gonna make a noise uh it's really big and powerful but like silent but like you could tell i almost said silent but deadly uh what am i doing um it's uh it's huge but they when they fall behind them um he lifts his arms up the iconic shot of the missiles falling behind him um it's epic very cool tony stark is he's a badass he's a badass but he's a little um you know he's a little oblivious to what's happening around him as we soon come to find out tony gets in the humvee back in black gunshots and we are back at the beginning of the movie see didn't take that long um we just needed a little action in the beginning and i like the way they did that i like the way they did that not too bad so tony's being operated on and tony wakes up with a blue uh, wait, wait, not with the blue. He works with the tube in his nose. Uh, he pulls it out, and uh, just so gross. It just takes so long. It just takes so long to get out of his nose. Um, you think it's gonna like take a second? And it just takes like five, to maybe ten seconds for him to get the thing out of his nose. <laughs> um, <laughs> gross. Um, he sounds so thirsty. Like literally so like he actually sounds so thirsty the way he like grabs for the water and then the water knocks over um makes me thirsty uh tony tr tries to move but his chest is connected to a battery um you you know the acting here is so superb R rdj like i can't even uh overemphasize because i feel i feel like the i feel in pain uh, i don't want to like ah like him him moving like his chest uh from the battery it makes me feel like uh don't move you're gonna rip your chest off and die like uh, there's a bald man shaving that tells him that he shouldn't move the man's name is yinsen and as the man cooks he explains to tony he removed shrep shrepnel and saved his life there's still a lot uh left and uh headed to his atrium septum and tony has uh, an electromagnet on his chest keeping the shrapnel from his heart the terrorists enter and they want tony to build the jericho missile for them uh and we've seen how powerful the jericho missile is 
Tony refuses, and they immediately start to put his head underwater and torture him. Uh, They take Tony outside, and Tony sees many crates um, that read Stark Industries on them. So, Tony is really shook by this. Um, Abu Bakar, this is one of the leaders, uh, they tell Tony that if he builds the Jericho missile, he will release Tony. Tony shakes his hand and agrees, but says out loud... uh, he won't. And Jensen also says he won't. <laughs> In their uh, prison slash cave, Jensen says that his people are looking for him, but they won't find him like Tony's people. And he asks if this is the way Tony wants to go out. Because Tony looks very discouraged. Um, it lo- almost looks like Tony wants to give up in the cave at this point. Uh, the last act of defiance will be... Will this be the last act of defiance of the great Tony Stark? Or is this going to be... Are you going to do something about it? And this moment is awesome. Uh, think about like just the impact that Yinsen has on Tony right now. Uh, maybe just all of the greater MCU, uh, if Yinsen didn't step in here and like maybe amp Tony up, what would have happened? <laughs> Yinsen got Tony thinking, and uh, he gets the terrorist to believe he's working on the Jericho, when in reality he's starting to make history in that cave. So before he can really even work on an Iron Man suit, he has to work on something else, uh, something for you know, t- t- for his heart. <laughs> so, so Tony de- detaches a missile warhead with a thin tool, uh, then learns that the group is holding them in, oh, oh, Tony learns that the group that is holding them is the Ten Rings. I don't know if we're going to hear anything about the these Ten Rings and Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. I, Marvel doesn't really cut corners in continuity. I mean, we get a guy later in this movie that ends up in Spider-Man Far From Home, and he's literally referenced in this movie. Um... I don't know if they'll tie it in at all. Knowing Marvel, they will. Knowing Marvel, they will. Tony pulls the missile apart, and uh, he takes palladium and says he needs 1.5 grams. Basically, starting a working montage. There's a lot of awesome montages in this movie. Yinsen pours molten liquid. Uh, Tony works on very intricate tiny metal parts. Uh, And he adjusts the dial. He then adjusts the dial, and the small pod on the desk shines in front of him brightly. Um... He says it's a miniaturized arc reactor. He's got a bigger one back home running his factory. It should keep the shrapnel out of my heart. Yinsen says it could run his heart for 50 lifetimes. Uh, Tony says, or something big for 15 minutes. Tony shows Yinsen drawings of a human exoskeleton. Um, Yinsen's just so on board. He just wants in on this. Uh, I love it. Tony and Yinsen are on camera like this whole time, so they're like kind of having to really work around uh, getting this like. They're trying to make it like look like they're making this missile, but they're 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 making an iron. They're now they're gonna have to start making an Iron Man suit. Like before, they were making a tiny little arc reactor. Um, so they start making the suit now. The ten rings are on to Tony. Uh, one of them sees Tony trying to put something on his leg, and this is the guy that ends up being the real leader. Um, he he enters and tells Tony to relax. Uh, he speaks English. He picks up Tony's plans and almost notices the actual suit in the plans. But um, I don't think he does this time around. He he monologues about bows and arrows and the old ways of war. 
And then he says, whoever owns the latest Stark tech owns the lands and basically war now. And uh, then he asks Jensen why he failed him and puts Jensen on his knees. He puts his head on a slab and holds a hot coal to his head. Very tense moment. He tries to get information as to what they're really doing. Uh, and Jensen stands strong. It really does. He really does. He's a, he's a homie. And uh, they're building... Uh, he he's just saying they're building the Jericho. That's what they're doing. They're building the Jericho. Uh, Tony stands forward, which makes like the whole room really uneasy, um, and and all the guns like go up right towards Tony. And uh, he says he needs Yinsen. He's 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 an essential lad partner. Uh, they tell they tell him that he has until tomorrow to assemble the missile. So that puts things into high gear so we we get the iconic shot of tony slamming the hammer onto the metal um i love this shot uh he lifts the mast from the water and puts it uh on the table in front of yinsen uh, i don't know if it's it's just like one of the coolest things in the world him making this first suit um i just don't know I do know what it is about it. It's just him against the odds making this suit under pressure, and uh, what it just what it means is him getting out of there, and uh, it's just so cool. Tony wraps tape around his hands and uh, he puts the leather gloves. Yinsen lowers uh, the chest plate on him, and you just think he's like doing a test because like you don't really know where they are um, in this. It's very very fast-paced and uh tony is going over the exact route to get out meaning it would like be very hard to see in that suit um like he's like saying 36 steps uh 45 steps this way um on the monitor uh raza the main baddie he sees that only yinsen is in there and uh so he tells the guards to go looking for tony um we see the the other door is wired with a bomb which goes off when they enter so uh, it's i think they were probably hoping like all the cars would be there at once and probably like be a little more efficient um but that's okay <laughs> they got to, it bought them a little time i mean i'm not gonna say that's okay yinsen didn't make it it's it, it sucks that yinsen didn't make it um and i know tony wanted that too but um yinsen wanted tony to get out and i mean for the love of great awesome iron man god he made it <laughs> um Tony and Yinsen have to do some things on the computer, and it just gets so tense. He realizes uh, Tony needs just more time to get the suit booted, and um, Tony's just trying to say, just do everything and stay calm, and just, we could do this, and uh, Yinsen's just like, you need more time, and he takes a gun, and he runs out of the cave, firing his gun, and he, like, takes on a couple guys, and he turns a corner, and he's stopped by at least, like, 20 dudes, so this is like an implied moment. Um, uh, we, we don't see what happens here. All the lights go out and the baddies enter Tony's lab. I always say the baddies. I don't like to say... After Sam's speech, I don't want to call them thugs, you know? Uh, <laughs> a hand flexes... Uh, push, uh, flexes? I don't know why I wrote flexes in the shadows. And punches one of the guards. Uh, they fire at Tony in his giant, awesome iron suit. He marches down the cave and dodges gunfire and smashes the guards. They begin to flee. 
Iron Man smashes the door. Um, he takes a swing at a guy and gets his arm stuck in a rocky wall. I always thought this was sick. He's just so vicious. He has no control over his power or his suit, and he just gets his arm stuck in a wall. Badass awesome. Uh, a guy takes a shot at him, and it ricochets off of him and just kills him. R- shoots him back in the head and dies. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, that's insane. Uh, Tony gets to the front of the cave and finds Yinsen at the front, and he's nearly dead. Uh, also, the leader um, with a rocket It's kind of like a rocket launcher. It seems like he takes a shot at Tony, and uh, Tony has like a bigger rocket, and he shoots him and knocks him down. And Tony tells Yinsen to get up. And uh, Yinsen says he's going to see his family now. Earlier, I think Yinsen kind of made it seem like his family was out there. But his family tells Tony his family's dead. So he's going to go with him now. And oh my gosh. He tells Tony not to waste his life. And uh, he doesn't, Yinsen. I assure you that. He does not. Uh, now Iron Man. Exi- Wait, can I say something? I really always, even to this day, I really thought the song Iron Man played as he did this. It doesn't. It never plays. It never plays. I'm crazy. I've always thought it did. Uh, now Iron Man exits the cave to many guards aiming their guns at him. So many guards, they all fire. The bullets bounce pretty much all. I mean, they all bounce off him. Tony uses a flamethrower just on everyone. He just burns nearly every guard in front of him <laughs> and everything just the whole camp then a heavy gunner like does some really bad damage to tony and this is where like we learned the suit just isn't invincible it can't be invincible he does everything he can uh, to destroy every weapon there until he flies away in the suit and smashes into the into the desert sands to make it get away the suit is completely wrecked and he leaves it there so, uh, Tony soldiers through the desert and he, he starts at a run. I just can't believe he just starts at a run after everything he's been through. Uh, I mean, he really, I mean, he does need to get away. He didn't get super far as he flew. So, um, his steps begin to look like really painful. And then just at last helicopters find him. Rhodes gives him a hug and uh, just feels so good that Tony's going home. It's the first time that we actually feel for this character. We went through this with him. We went in the cave and we came out with him. In and we walked out. At the airport, Pepper uh, and Happy wait for Tony. They get in the car. Uh, Pepper wants him to go to the hospital and Tony just wants an American cheeseburger and then a press conference immediately. So they arrive at Stark Industries, and Obadiah greets them. He says, I thought you'd be at the hospital. Uh, Already some hints that he's kind of wishing that Tony wasn't around. Huh? So Pepper is introduced to a little someone named Phil Coulson. He represents the strategic homeland intervention inter- <laughs> the strategic homeland intervention enforcement and logistics division aka shield uh tony asked all the journalists to sit down for the meeting and he's eating his burger and he says he never got to say goodbye to his dad uh i just like in retrospect looking at all this and uh just seeing more about how tony felt about it so there's questions i would have asked him i would have asked him how he felt about what his company did uh, if he was conflicted if he, if he ever had any doubts or maybe he was ever if he was every inch we remember from the newsreels.
I saw young Americans killed by the very weapons I created to defend them and protect them. I saw that I had become part of the system that has become comfortable with zero accountability. What happened? I realize I have more to offer in this world than making things blow up. I'm shutting down the weapons manufacturing division. This drives the room crazy, and Tony leaves. Uh, Obadiah kind of like talks on the mic, and obviously he's like, ah, well, the the point is Tony's back. Um, He visits Tony by the big arc reactor, the original one, um, and Obadiah, he says that uh, they're weapons manufacturers, and this is what they do, and we keep the world from falling into chaos, he says. Tony says that they should look into our reactor technology, and he says that uh, he wants to see the t- oh, Babadai says he wants to see, see the reactor in Tony's chest, and uh, that we're a team. There's nothing we can't do if we stick together. He tells Tony to lay low uh, after what kind of he did at the press conference. Um, Tony calls Pepper to the lab. He's holding the reactor. And he tells Pepper that he needs to swap them out. And he needs her to lift a wire out of him. Not nothing, not too on the spot, Pepper. No pressure, you know. <laughs> no pressure. She reaches in reluctantly and says there's pus. Ugh. And uh, says there's plat he says it's plasmic discharge. Whatever, it's gross. She she pulls out a magnet and um he goes into cardiac arrest for a second. He says, like, she shouldn't have pulled that out. And it doesn't, I don't understand how, like, if he, she shouldn't have pulled that out, like, how, how does, how can the other one operate with her pulling that out? I don't know. Oh, that always bothered me. It's kind of free, it makes me uncomfortable. Um, the acting is superb because of how uncomfortable I am. She puts the battery in and uh, <laughs> she asks what to do with the original reactor. He says to throw it away, but she walks away with it. I'm going to be honest. Uh, even though I know there's a whole storyline with this, like in this own movie like knowing what happens in endgame uh like with this reactor and like ah just breaks my heart no just want to cry uh cut to tony visiting Rhodes, talking to a group of pilots he tells roadie he's working on something big and he wants him to be a part of it this isn't for the military it's separate Rhodey tells Tony he needs some time to get his mind right. Uh, Tony kind of like nods, but like that's not going to stop Tony from doing what he's doing. Uh, back at the lab, Tony opens a new project file called Mark II while looking over a 3D hologram of Mark I, uh, the one he worked on in the cave. Tony's tech was always captivating. Uh, the CGI in the MCU, it's never pushed too far in my opinion, past its capabilities of the time. You know, making all the movies timeless classics, in my opinion. Uh, the, the movie cinematics look so solid, and it's aging beautifully. I love this movie because it's telling a real story about a real human being becoming a superhero. Uh, this, this is what it's all about folks. This is the rodeo. Uh, this is why infinity war is a solid movie because we get to know the story about the guy that ends up landing on Titan fighting that big old purple monster with that gauntlet. Uh, (laughs) this is the story of that, that guy who gets there, um, and how he became that guy. Uh, I mean, Look at, he's just barely making this suit right now. I mean, how, how does he become that guy in 10 years? It's insane. Um, so, 
I just love this. Uh, and, and, and the fact is that the cinematics and the CGI and the way John Favreau uses real, uh, the, the way he, the way they made this movie, it looks so solid and it ages great. It ages great. So meanwhile, the Ten Wings, um, they dis- they triumphantly discover <laughs> the Mark One Iron Man suit uh, where Tony crash landed in the desert. We just cut to see them seeing that, and we cut back to Tony, and he's working on his new Iron Man boot with uh, Jarvis. Later, Tony wears two boots, and he is on his camera. He grips these controllers, and he says, "With ten percent thrust capacity," uh, and he like does a little boot lift off and it just flips him backwards and he hits the wall and he falls uh, flat just falls on the ground really hard uh tony works on his arm plate and on the projector uh, in the shot we are seeing like we're seeing like this his arm arm thing that he puts on his arm and uh, then we see it like in real life we see the iconic iron man palm blaster for the first time and uh it's a flight stabilizer as he he refers to it pepper visits him and he blasts it and it throws him back um ovadiah visits tony and brings him back a pizza from new york he says the board wants to rule tony out because he has ptsd he tries to convince tony to let him look at the uh, reactor tony refuses and goes back to his lab uh tony goes to uh one percent thrust capacity this time instead of 10 and goes to a slight hover this looks pretty good he's getting a hang of it and then he goes to 2.5 and then he stabilized so he starts to move around the room a little uncontrollably uh cool to see him so out of control uh of the suit like i said uh but then he gains uh, some semblance and he puts his arm to the sides in classic formation iron man formation and then he, he just brags yeah i could fly <laughs> he's, he's proud of it uh tony suits up and the mask is on the iconic shot inside of tony's helmet uh from the beginning of the series we get this this movie wouldn't be the same without these shots we get to see tony's reaction inside the suit this is used all the way through the end of the iron man series the, the uh, avenger series we don't even think about the fact that we're looking at RDJ's face uh, in in the box in in a box much bigger than uh, than the face you know tight helmet it's 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 a, it's a box um, it's just the perfect imagination of his face integrated into the story brilliant brilliant uh, we don't. F- think about these things because it's just such a good technique for the movie um how amazing is that i love it and uh i i can't praise 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 that technique enough because if it wasn't integrated if we didn't get to see inside the helmet and we didn't get to like actually witness the reactions of tony uh in these moments in the suit and we just saw a cgi iron man running around and we only heard him it would not be the same movie. Um, we need to see Tony in the suit. We need to see the reactions. It only makes more sense. And the the fact that that was cared about and thought about and this cleverly made shows how uh, seriously wonderful um, uh, the MCU is. And, and uh, I just, the potential. And uh, yeah, I'm just so, so happy. Uh, hey, that's that's his name. John Favreau's name in the movie is Happy. 
I'm happy. Happy for happy. <laughs> Wonderful John Favreau. So Tony just gets Jarvis fully uploaded into the suit. Um, the arms and legs, they just flap around and Tony decides to go for a test flight. This movie rocks. I just just wrote this movie rocks. Tony spirals into the sky across the Malibu coastline. He gets a close view of a kid, uh, dropping his ice cream on a Ferris wheel. I mean, from, for a second, it looked like he was just aiming at the kid, like with rockets. Uh, but like, you know, like he, like he was like aiming at him. Like he was, he could have like shot a rocket at the poor kid. Uh, Tony, all of a sudden, Wants to break the record for highest altitude ever. This is Tony Stark. <laughs> he gets a layer of ice stuck all over him, and the suit completely like gets um like downed and uh, shuts down, and it's falling and falling and falling, and I feel trapped. Uh, but then the suit turns on, and he gets all hyped, and he's like, "Woo!" And it's just a nice foreshadow for later. Um, he does it, um, so Ob- you know, Obadiah, uh, he, get, uh, he gets home and he says, uh, kill power and, uh, almost lands on the roof, but lands through all three floors of his house. And there's this running gag where he's like telling the fire extinguisher not to hit him, um, because it, it was, it was running early, but the fire extinguisher hits him in the face. It's funny. Uh, really funny stuff. Uh, me saying funny isn't as funny. I realize. I do realize that. Uh, but I laughed in the moment. It was a good, funny moment. <laughs> uh, Tony gets home and opens a package from Pepper. And in a glass box, it has the OG arc reactor that reads, Proof that Tony Stark has a heart. Oh, we love this. I love this. Back in Afghanistan, the soldiers put the suit together with the uh, plans that Tony made in the lab, so they're starting to get the things together. Um, Seems somewhat dangerous. Cut back to the lab with Tony's plans uh, of the new mask. On the TV, Tony sees there's a Stark benefit being held that he doesn't even know about. <laughs> he uh, he hears it, and uh, the reporter says that no one expects an appearance from him. Tony tells Jarvis to throw Hot Rod Red on the suit after looking at his car. Uh, Tony rolls out to the benefit. He says, you look great, Hef, to uh, someone... And it turns out to be Pan Lee. He passed him on the sh- Pan Lee. He's it's Stan Lee. It's Stan Lee. It's Stan Lee, and he pats him on the shoulder. God bless his soul. That beautiful man. Obadiah tells Tony he's got the board where he wants them, and it. Uh, yeah, you take it slow. Take it slow in there. Um, Obadiah really wants to control Tony. Obviously. Um, Tony meets Agent Coulson in there and he makes plans with him without thinking uh, probably that he won't keep because he's captivated by Pepper who looks just beautiful tonight. Uh, He watches, he uh, walks up to her and uh, they dance. And she points out that he couldn't do much without her, let alone know his social security number. And they go outside and Pepper tells Tony it doesn't look good that they're dancing because of Tony's reputation and he's your boss. And they almost kiss, almost. And she tells him to get her a drink. And he walks off to the bar. And then the reporter from before, Christine, shows up at the bar, and she looks very angry and hands Tony photos from a town called Golmira. And it has all of Tony's weapons, including the Jericho. Uh, 
and he said he did not approve of this shipment but uh his comp but uh she said his company did and he does not look happy about this at all so he storms outside to obadiah and he asks about the pictures he says uh and Obadiah says, don't, don't be don't be naive, Tony. Uh, so condescending, right? This is where you start to get very angry at uh, Obadiah. And Jeff Bridges is such a fantastic actor. You, you love him. Um, and Tony asks if they're dealing under the table. Straight up. And uh, as they're, they're taking a picture, Obadiah tells Tony he was the one who filed the injunction against him. Back at home, Tony is watching um, about Gomeria on TV. Um, there's destruction there thanks to the weapons that Obadiah, Obadiah had smuggled in. So Tony's pissed. Uh, Tony he puts on the new gauntlet and looks angry and motivated. He blasts the gauntlet all around the lab. Um, he looks very determined now. Anger turns to determination. <laughs> he steps onto a mat. And he gets suited up for the first time. You know, machines um, from all over the lab suit up Tony. The red armor being put on him piece by piece. The helmet is fixed around him. He's totally locked in this suit more than any of the other future suits. Um, in full Iron Man outfit, Tony flies above the clouds. Iron Man is, to me right now, officially born. He looks so cool. Um, this is his first full-on, full-out uh, appearance. In Golmira, we see the Jericho being fired. The soldiers fire their guns. It's just all chaos. It's the worst you've seen it. They put people in their trucks. <clears throat> they separate families from their children. And um, one of the guys from the beginning of the movie, uh, he's commanding their, everything there. And um, he, he's very hateable <laughs> right now, especially. So great acting but for that. But yeah, we, we want him taken care of. He's kicking this poor father. He's pulling him away from his kid. And it's you really, you're really angry at this. But Iron Man drops in at the perfect moment. Uh, one thug shoots him and he hits and Iron Man hits him with an uppercut. And then he beams two other guys. Um, it, it's just one of the sickest things. I, I, I love this scene. Um, the tone of this scene is so... It's like it looks so dark, but then Iron Man brings such a positive light in it. Um, like just the color of his suit is so light. It brings that hope. Um, Iron Man, um, he notices that there's some baddies using hostages for cover. Um, so he uses these little missiles on his back that pop out and like just take them all out. And then the hostages are free. Uh, the leader tries to make a call. But Iron Man slams his fist through the wall and just like grabs him and pulls him out um, from the wall and just throws him to the locals and he's like, "There, your he's yours now." Uh, he flies to the sky to like and and starts to like target the weapons uh, from the sky, but he gets shot out by like a missile and he falls in front of a tank and then he tries to shoot another missile at him, but no. Iron Man fires back and destroys it. Does awesome walk away from explosion shot. Amazing. <laughs> he he uh, destroys the Jericho missiles. Uh, getting spammed by bullets. They, they just he, he just doesn't do anything to him in the suit. This is the suit. This is the Mach 2. The military goes nuts. They're going nuts uh, when they see Iron Man flying away and all this destruction from it. They don't know what it is. It's a bogey. Um, they call Rhodey in 
who then calls Tony to see if he had anything to do with this. Uh, weapons being destroyed uh, right by where he was being held captive, you know. Um, Iron Man is being chased by fighter jets at this, jets at this point. And they're having a hard time keeping up with him. He's at, literally, they, they said he's at supersonic speed. They are... Uh, they they start they fire a missile at him and he deploys flares and blocks it. Tony calls Rhodey and admits it's him. <laughs> the pilot sees Tony on the other side of the plane and freaks the pilot out. Um, this made me laugh really hard. And then it turns into like a scary moment where like I feel like they want you to like laugh and then like it turns serious. Where, like the pilot freaks out and like knocks Tony off his wing into another pilot and like he in like tony like breaks the wing off the pilot and he ejects and, he, and he's okay just kidding no he's not okay his parachute won't open so it's not like it's scary and then but iron man goes down and helps him and he gets the parachute open so i was like he is okay <laughs> um it, w- it was a great moment so like everyone was really cheering and like even Rhodes was like uh you owe me a plane man but tony says uh to tell everyone it was a training exercise and Rhodes like no man it's not that simple but uh cut to him at a press conference on a tv it's like it was a it was a training exercise and uh, we see Obadiah reacting to this tv uh press conference very menacingly uh big bad guy energy here from Obadiah uh Pepper discovers Tony getting out of his suit with bullet holes and she's very concerned Obadiah is meeting with the Ten Rings in Afghanistan, meanwhile. And he tells um, Raza, he's a terrorist, the, the main guy. Um, he's a terrorist, come on. Like, literally at this point, <laughs> if he kills Tony when he's supposed to, if he did, uh, he'd still have his face. His, his face is pretty much burnt off, his left side. Um, kind of two-faced Batman vibes. This is Marvel Maniac, though. Uh, he, <laughs> you know this. Uh, we can still like Batman. What are you talking about? He 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 leads Obadiah to a tent where Tony's uh, Mach One suit is assembled. He tells Obadiah that Tony has mastered the suit because he pretty much witnessed Tony destroying all the Jericho stuff. He tells him that they have a common enemy. He offers him the suit and plans uh, and the plans for the suit. You know, that Tony made up uh, as a gift, and in return, he just wants an ar- just want just an army of iron soldiers. Uh, nothing cynical. He just wants to own the lands of Afghanistan with iron soldiers. They're both bad people, uh, but Obadiah still puts uh, a sound. He puts a sound device, paralysis device, to his ear, and uh, his ears go blue. So, like that, that means he's safe from it. He takes out uh, all of uh, this guy's people, and he makes a call to set up a prototype. So he's making his own Iron Man soup. Suit. <laughs> I would like some Iron Man soup. Um, if anyone ever had has any, I'm sure it'd be like like there's like a kid's iron man tomato chicken uh base soup um if anyone had any let me know uh, marvel maniac pot at gmail <laughs> i'm sorry ladies and gentlemen um we're having fun today i hope <laughs> uh, back at the lab tony is fixing his suit he tells pepper he needs her to go get files for him uh, he said that there's the there's the next mission and nothing else, um, which makes her quit because she said she's going he's going to kill himself doing this, g- going to get you know retrieve all these weapons in this suit like she sees the bullets she, she she's not stupid, um, she's not going to be a part of it. Tony says he's not crazy, 
and he says he knows what he's doing and and he has to do it and it's right and this is where we start to see this mentality that tony kind of carries with him throughout the rest of the movies even like it's this live or die mentality and like pepper does like accept it like tony's a hero tony's almost like she knows forever up until the end that tony is gonna die fighting uh tony's gonna die a hero like it's just without a doubt tony tony will probably die a hero um or or like doing something crazy like this um (laughs) he's not crazy he knows what he has to do and it's right i like that line a lot um and they both said they're uh they're all they have (laughs) i love them pepper goes to the stark industries to tony's office to get the files pepper plugs in the flash drive into the computer and she finds plans for the iron man suit uh that uh abadiah uh abadiah was working on she then finds tony's hostage video uh, it's the Ten Rings telling Obadiah that they didn't tell him that it was Tony Stark that they were kidnapping, and he will have to pay more to kill him. Uh, he walks in, Obadiah, and then in, that, in this tense moment, oh, he's pouring whiskey, and uh, he walks over to Pepper. She activates the screensaver as the files are transferring, and she's just listening to Obadiah monologue to buy some time, and he says that Tony never really came out of that cave. Um, He's very creepy vibes from him, honestly. Um, She manages to get the flash drive. Uh, She sneaks it out with a newspaper, and uh, he leaves. Uh, Obadiah goes to the computer and sees that she took files, um, which kind of freaks him out and makes him angry. Um... Obadiah enters uh, a lab where the scientists are working on the suit. Uh, This man shows up much later, like recently in Spider-Man Far From Home uh, in Mysterio's crew. Um, He tells Obadiah making the suit is impossible. Um, And then we get the classic, Tony Stark was able to build this suit in a cave with a box of scraps. Um, We get this reference at Spider-Man Far From Home. This poor guy. um, No wonder he goes insane and joins Mysterio's crew. Uh, and I love the dedication of that. This is why I say, like, the Ten Rings, whatever reference this is to the Ten Rings, we probably do get later. Um, but we do maybe even get it in uh, Iron Man 3, and I don't even remember or realize. At home, Tony answers a call from Pepper, but is immediately shocked into submission by Obadiah's paralysis device. Great choice. Uh, we just don't expect him there so fast after seeing him in the lab. Like, it's a, like you, know, you just don't expect him there. Uh, even I just did not even remember that he'd be there so fast. Uh, he says, when I ordered the hit on you, I worried I was killing the golden goose. It was fate that you survived. You had that one last golden egg to give. You really think because you had an idea that it belongs to you? This makes you so angry because Tony's laying there helpless and you can't help him. Uh, he yanks the reactor out of Tony's chest. Ah, Tony, this is your ninth symphony, your legacy, uh, a new generation of weapons with uh, this at its heart. Uh, He leaves Tony there to die, and he tells Tony that he would have preferred Pepper lived. Um, Which, why would you tell, why wouldn't, wouldn't, if you're a murderer, wouldn't you just like, I don't know, kill the guy? This would motivate Tony, uh, obviously, to like do anything to get get back and uh, save the day. Uh, Pepper calls Rhodes to fill him in, and this brings Rhodes. Uh, obviously, it's, there's 
there's a lot of flaws in uh, Obadiah's plan here. He's just mad with power, I guess. Tony drags himself down the stairs to try and reach the old reactor that Pepper gave him as a gift. Um, he almost couldn't reach it, but the robot arm helps. It's adorable. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Obadiah puts the reactor that he took from Tony in his gunmetal gray suit. Meanwhile, Rhodey arrives at Tony's and finds him on the floor. Um, and Tony flips over and he has the new reactor in his chest already. And um, he tells Tony that Pepper's with five agents, but they're about to arrest Obadiah. And Tony says it's just not going to be enough. Um, Pepper and Colson get to the big reactor and make their way to Obadiah's lab. Uh, Rhodey sees Tony suiting up. And he says, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Uh, you need me to do anything else? Uh, and he says, keep the skies clear. It cuts to him looking at the other Iron Man suit. And he says, next time, baby. <laughs> it's a great shot. Uh, ironically, Terrence Howard, that next time will only be for Don Cheadle. Uh, Coulson, <laughs> Coulson opens the door to Obadiah's lab. They've come across the Mark I suit that Tony built in the cave. And it's uh, Pepper says it's smaller than I thought it'd be. And Obadiah chases Pepper into uh, chases Pepper in his giant new suit. Like, well, look, I didn't write that very good. Okay, it's a very haunting part where like Pepper realizes that like Obadiah is like hiding in like a corner in this giant suit, and his eyes glow, and then she starts chasing him. He's he's creepy. His suit is over 20 feet tall. Um, once they get outside, uh, he breaks out of the ground with it. Um, he aims a giant machine gun at Pepper, and he's like, your services are no longer required. Like He's got like a voice changer on his suit. Okay, scary. He's a scary guy. Uh, <laughs> Iron Man crashes into him, bringing them into highway traffic. Obadiah lifts a family car above his head uh, to hit Tony with it. He fires a bolt of energy from his chest um, at him and crashes the car. They run him over the family because they're just freaked out. It doesn't matter which Iron Man is which. There's just there's two giant Iron people fighting each other. One lifted them up. Uh, one. It doesn't matter if one saved them. They don't know what's happening. <laughs> Obadiah grabs a passing motorbike and whacks Tony around the head with it. Uh, Tony. Uh, he tells Tony that he's had. Uh, he's held. He's held him up for thirty years, and he won't let him stop. Yeah, it'll stop him now. Tony begins to fly, and so does Obadiah. So I think Tony starts to assemble a plan. As he rises, uh, his suit continues to lose power, and Jarvis is telling him that, like, you said, it's going down to 14%, 12%, 11 And, like, Tony's like, uh, <laughs> he's like, just tell me, uh, leave it on the screen, dude. You know, like, I don't want to know every second. Obadiah reaches out and grabs Tony's foot as they're going up and up and up in the air. And he holds Tony by the neck and he says, my suit is more advanced in every way. How'd you solve the icing problem? Tony says, and uh, he's like, what icing problem? And he's like, you might want to look into that. And he kicks him out of the sky. Um, Tony barely like makes it, barely even makes it uh, back down to Stark Industries. Uh, as he lands, though, Obadiah makes it back to him, and he takes a swing. Uh, but Tony counters. Uh, Obadiah, uh, like he just starts to squeeze Tony like a like a, man, I like a grape. It's 
it's hard to watch. And Tony is out of power, so he can't do much. Um, he uses flares to get loose, so this is like his last chance. So he tells Pepper to go to the main lab and overload the reactor and blast the roof. Tony rips out a cord um, of Obadiah's suit, and he hurls Tony um, Obadiah hurls Tony on the roof. Uh, he opens the suit and tells Tony he's deeply enjoying it. You finally outdid yourself, Tony. You made your father proud. He's just getting real personal now, isn't he? Pepper tells Tony it's ready, but Tony is being blasted by Obadiah's gunfire, literally in the spot that this uh, arc reactor is going to blow. Tony ripped out his targeting system, uh, which Obadiah just exclaimed, so he was very angry. Uh, not very angry, he's just like blasting everywhere, you know, so Obadiah can't hit Tony. Um, he's insisting that Pepper just push it, and uh, Pepper doesn't want to because she thinks she's going to hit Tony. And uh, she just does, finally, which pushes Tony aside, which I think Tony knew was going to happen. Just fries Obadiah, just fries him. This explosion goes through the clouds, up, up, and above, and beyond. Um, it was huge. Uh, and battle won. <laughs> Cut to a press conference. Uh, Tony is reading a paper with the headline, Who is Iron Man? And he says, catchy. Uh, it's got a ring to it. More of a gold titanium alloy, though. It's not really iron. You know, <laughs> uh, just, you just got to love that. Um, he, I like that he likes the name Iron Man. Uh, he didn't don it himself. No one, no superhero really does. But that's where it starts to get to his head a little bit. He likes being a superhero or being called a superhero. <laughs> Coulson gives Stark his alibi. He tells Tony to stick to the official statement and it'll be all behind him. Tony tells Pepper that if he were Iron Man, he'd have a girlfriend that'd always be worried. If he were going to die, get she'd be so proud of him, uh, the man you were. And then he just says, tell me you were, you'd never think about that night. Um, she's like, oh, the night that you never brought the drink back for me. And um, he's like, yeah. And like They just kind of share this moment and that they don't, they don't fall in love in this movie and they don't proclaim love. It's just that night, that moment meant something to them. And that's it. <laughs> for them and that, that's their love story in this movie i like that um uh, it's enough for this movie you know there's a hint for more tony takes the stage um he said there's been speculation uh i love the scene so much because he's like hinting he's like oh, no, I'm, i never said i was a superhero uh, I'm, I'm not a superhero and like the the, the the reporter's like i never said you were a superhero and like he's clearly like kind of wants to be a superhero but he is uh, and he you know, I don't know. He just says, the truth is, I'm Iron Man. Like, he lets it go. He just wants to be. He is Iron Man. This this succeed, this succeed changes everything uh, in superhero movies up to this point. You know, the this, this secret identity trope, it made, made me a little uncomfortable even as a kid uh, in high school. Like, oh, man, what? 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 How is he, how is he going to be a superhero, but everyone knows who he is? Aren't superheroes not supposed to be known? And what does that mean? Like, that, that it just broke a trope it broke a trope very cool very different um it, it just changed everything and wow um post credit scene nick fury had a shield i'm here to talk to you about the avengers initiative classic 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 the initial marvel's post credit scene how many more post credit scene will we ever scenes will we ever have um wow we went through all of iron man um 
I wanted to not. <laughs> I realized in the beginning I was gonna like break down every moment and think like of. I could have gone. I could have probably made this like a four hour uh, podcast, but for the sanity and sake of everyone um, at at Marvel Maniac listener base, uh, I wanted to you know <laughs> keep it precise and I wanted to break down the movie and look through it and put my thoughts on it, but not make this a ten hour episode. I hope you guys are uh, enjoying it and um, we're, we're we're biding our weeks until Loki, and we actually have to wait a little less time now. So guess what, Loki and just announced Tom. Hiddleston just announced um, we're doing Loki's on Wednesdays. He's more of a Wednesday guy. So instead of the 11th now, Loki will now premiere on Wednesday, June 9th, meaning Marvel Maniac. Uh, our after show will be premiering that day too. Um, Wednesday, June 9th. So no more Friday, June 11th. Marvel Maniac will be the same day as Loki. Um, we'll be coming out right afterwards um that midnight um that very late 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 night i'll put the episode out afterwards so it'll be very very fun and we had a very big announcement this week as far as the future of the mcu we have dates for movies coming up the next movie so um as a reminder july 9th um i'm really happy that loki and black widow won't be the same exact day so we'll be able to have separate days for marvel maniacs black widow friday july 9th um we got shang chi and the legend of the ten rings which we just talked a little bit about the ten rings i'm going to assume probably a different ten uh, ten rings um but we'll learn more about that on september 3rd 2021 um we have eternals coming out november 5th 2021 still this year and at the end of the year we're gonna finish the year with spider-man no way home can you believe it all this year we're gonna be talking that a marvel maniac uh next year we have dr strange in the multiverse of madness on march 25th 2022 uh thor love and thunder may 6 2022 black panther wakanda forever july 8th 2022 the marvels uh which i'm assuming is going to be a captain marvel sequel with our um great friend monica rambeau i'm hoping uh november 11th 2022 um ant-man and the wasp quantum mania that will be february 17th 2023 and then we have guardians of the galaxy volume 3 which will premiere may 5th 2023 now i'm gonna also go down the list of shows we don't have we don't have dates for these shows um but these are confirmed shows these are confirmed shows that we will be covering here on uh, marvel maniac um official shows that will be coming out um and then and i'm gonna i'm gonna put the only the shows here um that are officially announced uh okay so we we have the what if series um that's the next series after loki it's going to be coming out this summer it's the next series we'll be covering um it's going to be 10 episodes long uh know that for sure the following series uh we'll be covering this year will be hawkeye um following that this year miss marvel two more series three more series this year on marvel maniac we will be covering what if hawkeye and miss marvel um how exciting is that three full more series just this year um along with three more movies one 
One, two, three, four more movies? I'm I, I'm not ready. One, two, three, four. I'm not ready. I, I mean, I'm in a way like my mind is like completely blown that there's this much to come uh, this year. It's we have so much uh, in uh, ready. I mean, and also Loki hasn't even come out yet. One, two, three, four. Uh, four series left. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm, guys, Marvel Maniac, uh, we're just getting started here, folks. Uh, Moon Knight 2022, She Hulk 2022, um, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special at the end of 2022, Secret Invasion, Ironheart, Armor Wars, uh, there's a Wakanda series. Ladies and gentlemen, Marvel Maniac, uh, we're going to be covering it all, but let's just get back to the simple schedule we have going going on right now on friday may 14th we're going to be covering iron man 2 it's next friday um so we're going to get right back into it on friday may 21st thor friday may 27th captain america uh friday june 3rd the avengers and then finally wednesday june 9th loki so we have our whole loki uh movie uh, pre-watch we're doing uh through avengers and then we have loki and then from then on out we're going to be doing loki and black widow will come and then we'll see what happens after that um i'm pretty sure if i'm not correct they're i'm almost positive they're gonna they're gonna give us the what if series immediately after loki um but that's my guess it's it's a prediction don't count on me uh do not count on me for that that is my marvel maniac prediction and with that ladies and gentlemen we covered iron man this has been one of the longest episodes but it has been one of the funnest episodes for me i hope you enjoyed it and i hope you have a great week um we'll see you next week for iron man 2 um this is a unique episode let me know what you thought marvel maniac pod at gmail.com or marvel maniac pod on twitter if you'd like to donate right now the best place will be at mr honest podcast on paypal it keeps the lights on goes right back into the show um if you'd like to rate the show uh or comment it, it goes the longest way possible and it would mean the world uh anyway until next week avengers disassemble <laughs>